Welcome to episode eight of I Quit, the podcast where we talk to entrepreneurs about the scariest day of their life, the day they quit their job. I'm your host, Mike Morrison, getting into bed with a new career path. Mike Geddes is the founder and CEO of Endy, and actually, he and I have a lot in common. First, we both have awesome first names, and second, we both ended up in careers that didn't exist back when we were supposed to be deciding what we wanted to do with the rest of our lives. Taking on a new career in a new industry, Mike quit a well-worn career path to sell beds that come in boxes. Just a quick note about this episode, it was actually recorded during the middle of my digital marketing conference, Social West. So a big thank you to Kyle Marshall from Media Lab for setting up a mini podcast studio in the middle of a very busy conference. Okay, so today we're here with uh, Mike Geddes, who's actually the CEO of Endy. Uh, but you're born and raised Calgarian. Yep, uh, yeah, that's welcome. True. So welcome back to Calgary. Thanks a lot. Yeah. So CEO of Endy. For people who don't know, I think Endy actually is a, has the brand has really penetrated people's minds. Like they know what Endy is. But catch for people sure. up if people don't know what Endy is. Yeah, for sure. I think in certain demos we really have a really good awareness, and and for sure, Endy um, is a bed in a box company. So mm-hmm. we compress, roll, and ship a mattress to customers' houses. Uh, we pride ourselves in terms of having a great customer experience. So our return policy is. Uh, liberal in the sense that we have a hundred nights that you can try it and return it at any time. Um, really focused on making sure we deliver the best product and, and make sure people are really happy with it. Um, Western Canada has grown really fast, so we're uh, adding distribution out yeah. west um, just to get the shipping times down. And uh, I think Canadians in general were used to in the past, especially just waiting forever for shipping. Like anytime, even if I get on a, a, a fashion sale or something like a J. Crew or something, yeah. is a good example. I'll be like, I'm going to order some shirts, and then two weeks later it shows up. And Canadians were somewhat used to that delivery yeah. experience. Our but when you want to, something, you want it now. It's way better if you get it faster. Yeah. yeah. So the goal is to, to make sure that we we shorten that down uh, to get to three days across Canada max. The uh, thing that's um, the thing that's interesting about uh, this industry is a brand new industry, bed in yeah. a box, um, and it's very popular. You're seeing it all the different brands, even uh, particularly Andy's Canadians. So yeah. I think Canadians have this affinity towards it. But how does how does one end up? I mean, you don't go to school for mattress salesman, so no. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. How did you how did you end up being you know the CEO of a of a mattress in a box company? Well, the easiest way to become CEO is to incorporate a company and yeah. make yourself the CEO. There you go. <laughs> that's right. So that's I'm how the, it started. I'm the president right? of this podcast, so it's great. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> that's how I suggest to start if you want to become a CEO. Yeah. But then there's the challenge of like, how does this business actually take off? And yeah. Uh, definitely there's a big thing at the beginning of starting a business where selling to a stranger is a big is a big thing to get across like I remember the first day we launched Endy we got a sale through we're oh, like great. oh my gosh we sold one was it and one then, of your parents? yeah it was <laughs> a friend of, a, oh, of one someone who worked for us and yeah. like no no Darren's like my buddy yeah. and we were like okay okay we still have work to do yeah. we need to sell a mattress to a stranger yeah. and then we'll we'll know that we finally have, have started to get going yeah. so yeah it takes a little bit right there's a lot of time where, where you don't really get it just doesn't fly off mm-hmm. the handle right away. So, uh, yeah, that was fun, though, for sure. Uh, you were, 
you were in the oil and gas industry here in Calgary. Yeah. And then you decided, did you quit here and then move and start this company? Or how did that happen? I've quit a lot of jobs. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, originally, so I went to engineering school, especially being from Calgary. My dad's an engineer and really got into the sort of mindset of, and setting myself up for oil and gas. I worked for a consulting company for a while. It was uh, doing accounting type software. Uh, and I did enjoy that. What I actually found is that I enjoyed solving business problems okay. more than technical problems. So that was a, a learning there. And then I decided I wanted to go to Europe for a couple of years. So from there, that was I quit that job yeah. and then moved to Europe for <laughs> for a couple of years, and then went to did a did a business degree there. Uh, so really had some excitement there. I really liked the stock market and business and all that stuff. So yeah. when I finished that, there was a company um, in Europe that was focused on. They had a mattress uh, brand that was part of them, and I was really interested in kind of the marketing side and. All also in terms of logistics and all of that. I've always been really interested in logistics, just because mm -hmm. like a business in general, all of it. I mean, in terms of hiring, in terms of shipping a product to someone, in terms of organizing and getting things going, comes down to sort of logistical type things and yeah. trying to make that as efficient and, and good for the customer, right? What was it about, I mean, we're sort of taught that, you know, you get one degree, you get one job, you know, so you're in engineering, you spent money on getting your engineering yep. degree. What was it inside you? Was it your heart? Was it your brain that said, no, I'm going to keep going down a different path to try to figure out where I should end up? Yeah, I think in the entrepreneurial thing, it's definitely not for everybody. You have to be willing to take some risks. But I think the way to look at it, like from my perspective, the biggest risk is standing still mm -hmm. and not doing anything. Like you hear of these people that work for a company for 25 years and then don't get laid off or something and they never really liked the job but it paid the money and I feel I've always felt like that was a really big risk and so why not go for something that you're excited about I also timed so it's, you're it you're well. saying it's riskier to stay in one place yeah to oh, stand still yeah is sort of where my mindset has been also I was lucky enough like I got going when I was a bit younger so I didn't need to actually pay for anything yes yeah, sure, <laughs> when yeah. I was like 28 or whatever it was easy to you know, scrap some money together just to go, uh, you know, for food and stuff and yeah. rent wasn't too expensive. So I was able to sort it out that way too and bootstrap the thing from, from the beginning. Um, uh, it helped a lot my partner, Rajan Rupro. Yep. Um, so he had uh, came from Groupon and had a lot of experience in e-commerce there. And that also helped really just from some advice and he also uh, put some money in. So that was also uh, fortuitous on my end because uh, it is hard to start completely from zero, bootstrapped yeah. with no cash. You you got to have a little bit of something. And in, in a relatively new industry, too. Was, yeah. there, was there people who said, this is a mistake, don't do it? A lot of people, when you start a business, if they don't say it, they look at that it's sort of a crazy idea. Yeah. Uh, one thing I found is just like, especially people close in your in your friend circle are probably not the best people to bounce your business idea off of. You're probably better to go to a business type conference like Social West yes. and meet people <laughs> who have started Social businesses. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That have started businesses, that have some experience of going through the dark days of starting a business and it not necessarily taking off right away mm -hmm. and saying, look, these are the key things you should focus on to get your business off the ground. Because I think if you're bouncing, you know, ideas off at a pub with friends, a lot of them will kind of be like, eh, I don't, is that, I don't know, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah so. No, that's that's really good advice to sort of go outside the circle of people who could feel that they can tell you either they love it or hate it 
too easily. Uh, yeah, and, or yeah, the flip side that everyone says they love it and then it's actually a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> right? So that that's also I, even more dangerous because yeah. you can spend a lot of time in your personal savings on something that's like, well, everyone tells me it's a great idea. Yeah, yeah. I think that when I see a business with a horrible name, I'm like, did, are all your friends terrible people? Like, yeah. Why did not one person tell you? Nobody that? pulled you aside and been like, it's a bad name. Yeah. yeah. Don't put a number in the middle of your name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, were, sure. was there other businesses that, that you thought about starting before like before mattress in a box, bed in a box? Yeah, for sure. We tried a few things. Uh, so before vertical e-com really was a thing, it took off a little bit faster. So vertical e-com just being uh, direct-to-consumer, end-to-end, uh, picking a, a smaller set of SKUs and products and, and focusing on building a brand e-commerce style. Uh, but the, before that was really big, a lot of people didn't buy from a brand online yeah. at the beginning. Uh, the biggest things were the, the, the things like Amazon and a lot of those marketplaces. So we focused there and, and did a product uh, testing on some different things. Memory foam pillows was one of the first ones. Okay. And that was really good and customers loved them. And we did really well with that. And uh, we're not, like we tried some things like wine accessories. We tried... What else did we try? There was a, a sort of a dental teeth whitening thing we tried for a bit, yeah. and that one was good. But I think the one problem we found is the product itself wasn't amazing, so we didn't really go too far with that one. Uh, so again, we, we really then kind of over time really saw this opportunity of the mattress. The big thing was based on the fact that people loved our pillows. We saw a really big opportunity there. A lot of experience even through working with Rajan and him uh, seeing through what was happening at Groupon and that uh, like these memory foam mattresses that you could compress and roll and send them to people. Yeah. And then seeing this vertical e-com model and adapting that specifically for Canada was a big opportunity we saw as well because uh, they call even a lot of these companies still are really focused on the U.S. and they look at Canada as sort of a 51st state kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. yeah. So business-wise, investing a lot in Canada is risky. It's it's expense, more expensive to send. Yeah. It, there's less population. There's people scattered all over the place. It's a challenge yeah, to make and distribute things in Canada. Yeah. yeah. So how did you how how do you face those every day? The biggest issue we've found is as we've increased capacity and as we've grown as a company is that uh, the supplier we started with just wasn't able to make mattresses fast enough anymore. They weren't built for. Uh, having one single skew, a lot of the old style mattress companies, they would build a lot of different skews, and then they would even the same mattress, they put a different name on it, and then they'd sell different price points at different stores. Oh, it was okay. sort of that old distributor and wholesale model. Yeah. And the biggest issue with that is it's not necessarily efficient. It's not customer focused. It's what's good for the distributor and the wholesaler, not necessarily what what's best for the person buying the product. Yeah. And so we started with the beauty with the online world is you can really just start from that customer perspective what's the best mattress for them that we can create that's an accessible price point like mm -hmm. that's not uh, uh, like in the two three thousand dollar price point yeah. and find a way that we can distribute it to people so yeah the challenge d does come back to logistics and that if you're not delivering on what uh, your brand promises you're not going to take off yeah so, uh, and so. so now the andy's doing really well and I mean, without getting into sales numbers, things like that, I, I say Andy's doing well because I can say Andy and people know what it is. Yeah. And for and how how old is the company? Only a few. Three years. years. That's I mean yeah. that's in, that's incredible. For sure. Um. So you have you have the mattress now. You have sheets. Sheets. You have pillows. Yep. What else is what else? How else? That's that's bedroom. So how does what else is missing that Andy can grow? Yeah, there's, there's more products. Um, a big thing, too, we've realized is that going after an accessible thing for everyone, right? And it doesn't really matter where they live. Everyone needs a mattress. No, exactly. And yeah. trying to look at growth in that perspective. 
Adding products is great, but I also think that there's a bit of a diminishing returns. Like there's a bit of an 80-20 rule that comes into play. And I saw this when I was working in Europe at a company that was really big in scale in terms of mattresses. That's still 80% of their revenue is from 20% of their product base. Oh, okay. And so us just going into a stream of products doesn't necessarily make us into, into a, a, a faster growing company. So we're still really focused on the mattress and we're adding accessories that really helpfully like, complement it, like a pillow, yeah. which is a really, yeah. it, it makes sense sheets uh, we're looking at a foundation because a lot of people do ask what should I put my bed on oh, yeah. and and with it being a foam mattress it's, it's a, a version of memory foam uh, but uh, with it being memory foam it should have a specific base and so we're saying well we'll produce a base that we can that, that you can make in your house and you can collapse down if you need to move out of your house yeah. and not have to br- you know break your wallpaper to get through yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> that's I mean so. that's the thing to me when you see those when you see the ND commercials and things like that is I live in a house with a super narrow staircase yeah so that you know that ND product any any bed product anything that sort of I can build once I get in the room that I need it to be for sure especially if it's a house uh, that according to my bank, I'm never going to be able to move out of. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. like, that is my house, right? So, so a question I guess about that then is, so you sell someone the bed, the pillows, the sheets, and you might add some other products, but are, is that customer experience done for them? Because they can't come back unless it's buying another bed, I guess. Yeah, from the stats that we've heard, it's about six years people replace their mattress in Canada. Okay. Like the average Canadian every six years goes to the store or online to look for a new one. Um, so our, we're a three-year-old company. So a big part is really just the our ND product and making sure that people are aware of it mm-hmm. and, and can see. And we're seeing good growth, but we still have lots of work to do, right? Yeah. There's still a lot more people that we want to get out to and get the message out to. Long-term, it, it does come down. So there's the product side, which we talked about, but there's really just in terms of the brand and having an affinity towards the brand and having a great experience for the six years yeah. until they replace because uh, the average life uh, period of people keep a mattress is six years in Canada. Yeah. So That's way different. I feel like our parents, like I think I still sleep on my childhood mattress when I go yeah. home, like I think. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our parents held on to mattresses way longer. Well, yeah, some people are really in the long, long end of it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, part of it is just continuing to connect with our customers. And at some point we'll launch more products and things too, as that life cycle comes around. We're at three years now. So yeah. So, so we have people listening who maybe they've been working in a job for five, 10 years, maybe longer, and they're seeing what's happening in e-commerce. They're seeing exciting mm-hmm. Canadian project products. And I think the Canadian element is important to, in inspiring to say, okay, something like Endy can be so successful by purely focusing on Canada. Yeah. Um, if they if they want to quit, if they want to change, you know, change their direction, change their path, what, what sort of steps do you think they should they should take? Well, one thing that did help me personally was doing by having a consulting company when I started. Um, I was able to take on other projects at the same time and keep some money coming in. Yeah, and so, so that it's helped. not necessarily like day one. I'm going to start selling my. I can't think of another product, but you know, my it's 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 sort of setting the a chia pet of online. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, a for fridge, sure, a fridge in a box, the and fold-out it, fridge. No, there's a know. big thing about um, uh, testing and and the minimum viable product is a big thing in terms of the startup speak of having that ability to say, okay, just get something out there and test it to the market and see what your customers say about it. Uh, just in a small sample mm-hmm. um, and that takes a little bit of time to do so if you don't necessarily have a VC fund in your Rolodex that you yeah. can just go and call and be like give me a few mil and yeah. we'll just figure this out <laughs> as we go you know yeah. we'll make money someday most people aren't in that position uh, so if you're bootstrapping sort of the way we did you're finding family and friends and things to, to help 
fund you. And then hopefully after you get a product out to market that people love and are you getting good reviews and you're proving your business model out, mm -hmm. then you go to investors and can say, okay, now I've got something for you that actually works. It's not just me talking in a in a boardroom telling you how great this thing is. It's like, here's the data of what I've got. Yeah. And then you could go in from that point, raise a little bit more so that you can scale up beyond. Yeah. But it's about getting into that experimental mindset. And especially, yeah, coming from, if it's a lot of people in Calgary coming from an engineering mindset, say, yeah. I mean, that's not too foreign to use the scientific method to, to approach some of this yeah. stuff. But I think yeah. a lot of people um, are transitioning, right? Trans Career-wide transitioning. Yeah. yeah, in Calgary and others and other cities as well, just saying, okay, what, I think you're. I think people are seeing, you know, what cool companies are doing. Yeah. Like Andy and like, oh, do I want to be a part of that? But I think that struggle of can I can I quit? Can I? Yeah. Do that very scary thing, and so it's it, that's fairly interesting to see. For that sure. You've done it. Yeah. So for sure, I think to just quit your job and sail off into the sunset and have a company that's going to be a multi-million-dollar company it doesn't happen every day. But I think uh, if you just take action and, and focus on what you want to do and get enough feedback from from business people that have started businesses, I think you're going to be a better way along the the track. Yeah. For sure. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for joining our podcast. For sure. Thanks a lot for having me. Thank you. Yeah. Well, that wraps up this episode of I Quit. Thank you so much to our guest, Mike Geddes. If you have any questions or comments for me, my handle is at Mike's Bloggity, or you can visit our website at iquitpodcast.ca. Until next time.